You are listening to The Benchcast with your host, the man whose business is benching, Coach Ben. We are starting our first segment of Bench Talk. I'm here, Coach Ben, on the bench. And in this segment of our podcast, I'm just answering some questions, firing off questions that we received on our Instagram stories the other day. Uh, So we got plenty to go through there. And I'm taking uh, live questions here as well on Instagram. So this is the podcast where we just shoot the shit about benching. Um, This is my first live broadcast since this whole um, corona fiasco has started so i'm excited to kind of just uh get in touch with all you guys and answer your questions um we have an at home program that is out right now that if you would like that just message me um and i will send it to you at home powerlifting programs you know we can use this time to really develop things that we should be developing that we often don't you know like shoulder stability back strength hip strength core strength and these are all things that we can do body weight um, and do them in a challenging manner as well so you know it's a great opportunity to really uh, delve into some of that stuff and that's what we have in our at-home powerlifting programs so if you are interested in that uh, just let me know and again I will message I will send that right over to you just shoot me a message all right, before we get going on this Bench Talk podcast, I got to get fired up. At the Arnold, I got the uh, the Wake Up Mother Effer. They actually took out the Mother Effer on this from Squat Life. Um, I don't know, maybe they had some issues with that. But anyways, we got to get some of this ammonia going to kick off this podcast. Ooh, man. Ooh, it's a doozy. Corona cough. <clears throat> All right, now I'm good. I'm ready to go. Alright guys, um, so again, drop your questions. This is just a podcast of me shooting the shit with you guys. So I'm just taking questions here and, um, you know, whatever you want to talk about. Uh, Alright, so to kick things off, we got a question that came in the other day from AlexPomp33, my good buddy uh, Pomp over there in Western Mass. And uh, he just said, how are you? Well, I appreciate the question, my friend. I hope you're doing well. I know pretty much everyone's on lockdown now. Uh, so we're just kind of making do, all right? Uh, but, you know, I'm staying as fortunate as I can. I'm truly blessed to be able to still train. I obviously have my home set up here. This is where I also do uh, my content and everything. So I'm just enormously blessed in that capacity. I'm still able to get my training in. Uh, I know a lot of people are not fortunate enough to have that right now. Um, so I'm just feeling very, very fortunate. And I'm just wishing everyone the best, Um and you know, it's just it's just a great time to kind of reflect right now on you know the positive things that we have, the things that we can control, and um, you know I'm in a, I'm a great spot because you know while business is taking a hit, of course during this time, uh, a lot of people are left unemployed, and um, you know I'm just happy right now that I have um, job security for the most part, um, you know running this business and. Um, continue being able to put out content for you guys continue to you know be able to deliver great information on the bench um you know i'm just very fortunate to be in that position that i can still wake up and do the things i love every day and not too much has changed for me on a day-to-day basis except 
you know, not be able to go to Starbucks, of course, having to work from home majority of the time. Um, you know, I do try not to work from home as much as I can. Uh, try to get out to a Starbucks or you know, Barnes and Noble or, or someplace um, just so I can kind of focus and do my thing without at-home distractions. Um, so I, I do try to get out, but I can't right now, of course, so I'm kind of stuck inside. Uh, making do. It's getting a little warmer, so I'm able to spend time in the gym and not have a problem. Um, so I appreciate the question. I hope all y'all out there are doing well, um, doing the best you can. We got some comments coming in on YouTube here, uh, so I want to read these out. Frank Williams, having trouble keeping my wrists in line with my elbows. So uh, by with that question, I'm figuring that you're talking about your wrists getting bent back. So there's a couple things that we can do there. All right. Um, one would just be making sure that bar is in the right placement in your hand, and oftentimes that's not the case for many lifters. Uh, where you want that bar to be settled, right? you see right here, I'm showing my hand here in the live screens, but um, right there in the middle of the thumb meet, okay, where a lot of lifters end up placing their bars right in the middle of their hand. Okay, where you actually want that bar is, is dug into the middle of the thumb meat. So you can see here, most times it ends up on top. We don't want that either. I want this thing dug right in the middle of my thumb meat. So that's why I say to actually set your hands, you have to dig that bar into position. You can't just grab it. You got to dig that bar into position. I'm getting right in the middle of my thumb meat. See how low that is in my hand? It's sitting right over that thumb. Okay, and then on the, the opposite side here, that bar is coming out right there. So you can see I got a big old callus developed from all this benching heavy, right? Um, this thing's thick right here. But um, you can see that bar comes out right at the bottom. So you can just see I'm drawing the path here for everyone watching live. That's how low my bar placement is in my hand. And you see most people have the bar up here. All right, I want to dig it in. I first dig the thumb meat in, then I come over the top, capture that side of the hand, torqued right into position. That's why all this meat gets pushed up here, and I got this bench callus here. All right. Um, so that's usually the problem is the, the bar's not quite low enough in your hand and you gotta get used to having a bar that low because uh, first time adjustment, it's not gonna feel so great. You gotta get used to controlling the bar in that position. Um, you know, another thing you can do, wrist wraps, of course, help support, but they don't, you don't want to mask the problem with a wrist wrap. Uh, oftentimes, most people will mask the issue with a wrist wrap. You don't want to do that per se um, because the problem's still there. You know, the wrist wrap's just keeping you from being bent back more. Um, so, wrist wraps obviously will add more support, though, once you get the bar in the right spot. If you're still having a hard time with this, uh, you know, what I like to do is the bulldog grip. Okay, the bulldog grip, you want the bar still to be low. And it kind of forces the bar to be low because the idea is you want to put your um, fingertips over the top of the bar. And if you're bent back, your fingertips don't quite make it over the top of the bar. All right, so it kind of forces that neutral wrist position a little bit more. Um, so the bulldog grip, check that out. That that's a great way to help with that. And if you're still having issues, a good corrective measure is take a kettlebell and try to hold it top down. Why that's so beneficial, right? If you have the handle here and all the weights up top, if you're holding it by the handle, the weight, the bell parts up top, right? You need to have a good stacked alignment. All right, it can't be too far forward because right, that bell is going to fall forward on us. Can't be too far back, the bell will fall back. So it really forces you to keep a good neutral position. And as you build up weight, you realize how much it's important to keep that wrist and stacked in line with your form over your elbow. So I uh, hope that answers your question, Frank. Um, that's what I thought you were talking about. Yep, 
Greatly appreciate it. You're welcome, my friend. Happy to shoot the shit with you. Kelly Williams on YouTube. I'm 15 and weigh about 150, and I have a 300-pound bench press. That's that's real impressive for that age and weight. Uh, and I tried 315, and it was a couple inches off my chest. Any training tips that could help? Uh, so the first one I would take into account, are you staying tight in that bottom position? Okay, so... Are you developing the tightness that we need, or are you kind of touch and going? Are you kind of bouncing? Are you losing back tightness completely? We see a lot of lifters in the gym, right, who just go for these big milestone lifts and are just bouncing that bar everywhere. Um, I would encourage you to do a lot of pause work and just develop tightness on the bottom of the chest. Now, I'm talking three, five-second pause work. Um, I like dead presses to build up that concentric strength off the chest. I like doing rep dead presses. Um, you can see we have a video on a double dead press, all right, where you actually start near chest level, you press it up just a little bit, like a half inch, right, and you hold it there again, and then you press from there. Uh, that really helped me build up raw strength on my chest, but it really just comes down to spending more time there, uh, working with a duffalo bar, curved bar. Um, you could also do feet up benching that often lends you to a, a greater uh, range of motion. So all that stuff's going to help build up strength off the chest um so that's what i would encourage you to do my friend all right mike frazier what's up mike uh he's actually one of our full coaching lifters out there in california and i feel bad my friend i know he had a um he had a meet coming up uh early april is his first meet and unfortunately uh, it looks like everything's canceled right now so timing just sucks on that end i know that's the case with a lot of you out there um you know just real shitty time and i know everyone's got meets coming up and now they can't get the training and how they want but you know we'll persevere and make do um but you know i feel bad mike your first meet that's that's kind of a, a, a letdown there but uh, anyways we'll get it we'll get that 300 pound bench we just got more times to work towards it now um what does a typical day of nutrition look for you so uh my nutritional profile is kind of up and down um I do have to really get more stringent now, though, because I am my, my next goal to just kind of put it out publicly for everyone. I'm trying to uh, now come down to the 242 weight class, and I want to make a run at a top 10 all-time bench, which would right now be 870. All right, it was a 50-pound PR for me. Um, so I've had about a year to train from that point in time when I hit my last bench. But, you know, being down at 242, making the weight cut coming back up, uh, I really got to dial in nutrition a little bit better and just get to a better body comp. But to answer your question, what's a normal day look like for me? Uh, so I wake up. I'm actually using the MRE powder that you sent over to me. I really appreciate that. Um, that's been a lifesaver because for some reason... Um, the like milk, two percent whole milk, whatever the case, milk's been bothering my stomach. Just makes me feel nauseous and shitty after. Um, so I have to have almond milk, and um, whey protein doesn't really settle well for me either. So I've been having carnivore for a while, beef protein, and that was okay. But the problem was, thing tastes like shit, and it it bound up big. So it got really really thick to the point where I just can't down that thing, tasting as bad as it is. Um, you know, not everyone's Blaine Sumner making chicken shakes and able to down that thing. Uh, so what I did, um, you know, I put out that post and you sent me over to MRE protein from, um, Redcon and I, I really love that stuff because I've been able to tolerate it and it doesn't really bound up and it's made out of things that aren't whey protein. 
Um, so that's actually been really great for me. So I start my day off with that. Uh, usually in the morning I go a little heavier with it. I'll throw in some PB2, uh, powdered peanut butter, and a banana. Start my day off that. Usually that just kind of, that's my first thing I go to. And then I'll usually have eggs, um, you know, your typical breakfast type food. Eggs, hash browns is what I have right now. Uh, so I eat that. Um, and then I've been more diligent about cooking up my prepping food on the grill. Uh, usually I just, I'm a skirt steak and pork guy. That's literally kind of what I've been living off of is skirt steak and pork. And I'll alternate between the two to keep it fresh. Uh, grill up a bunch of that. Either put rice or potatoes with it. Simple as that. And that's pretty much I'm eating those meals throughout the day. And, um, you know, every now and then, like after the workout, I just trained this morning. So I'm actually going to get some Chipotle after we finish this podcast. Um, it was a deload day, but really high reps. So I'm um, just trying to take advantage and get some good nutrients in there. Eat something different that's not, you know, home cooked every time. Uh, Chipotle, I love uh, Chinese food. Got the Chinese food place right behind the house. Um, so I ordered air a lot, uh, and that's not all the time. That's just after some big workouts and whatnot. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much my day. And then at night I'll have another, uh, protein shake. So I'm actually getting two in within the day. So that's actually eight scoops of the MRE protein. Um, so that's accounting for, I think that's about around a hundred grams just from the protein shakes and then whatever meat I'm eating throughout the day. Um, but yeah, I haven't been real diligent about tracking, so I can't really give you exact macros there. All right. Um, Frank, I want to compete so bad. I know what you're saying, my friend. Um, Akash Cool on, uh, on YouTube. Hey, hope you and your family is doing well in this pandemic. I appreciate that very much, my friend. I hope your family is well, too. I hope you're staying healthy. Uh, give any tips on growing that beard? Uh, it's been a while. So I think the last time I cut it was, um, August, but not even, I don't think I cut this since my, my wedding day, which was 2018. So, I mean, we're talking about over a good year now, good year and a half I'm growing this now. Um, it's been trimmed a bit, so I guess it's not full, full length, but it's just the patience and the time thing, my friend. Uh, don't shave is how I grow mine. Manliness and motivation of YouTube. Absolutely, my friend. <laughs> uh, you want your beard to grow, don't shave it. Um, just let it keep doing its thing. I do save the the, sh the sides here. I shave these. Um, just kind of do. Everyone's been calling me the ZZ Top guy. Um, I was actually walking around the neighborhood the other day. And some guy, I didn't know what he said at first. But he's yelling out, that's the greatest beard of all time. Um, I didn't know what the hell he said to me, though. So, Corona, I got to run away now. Uh, so, AlcPomp33, what's up, my friend? Uh, I was actually answering your question at the beginning of this, so you could check it out after uh, we get done here. Mrs. Mayhem, making the switch from single-ply to multi-ply shirted benching tonight in a grid-stitch injure Rage X from a Super Katana. What would be your most crucial advice for the change? Um, so... I, I don't think too much is going to change. Um, I know the shirts are cut a little bit differently. Uh, it's been a long time since I've been in a Rage X. But obviously, when you're adding more layers, you're going to add, you're going to have to add more layers of patience to your benching. Uh, because obviously, it's going to be a little bit harder to touch. Uh, you're going to be met with more compression. 
especially if it's double ply in the arms as well. I mean, you get more compression all the way around. So I would encourage you keep everything jacked up real good at first in terms of keeping the collar situated higher. Really make sure the armpits get in there snug. The shirt, um, really snug them up into the armpits there. Uh, I actually use the knurling of the bar to kind of uh, throw my armpit in there, um, dig that shirt in more. But I, I would wear it higher at first. And obviously breaking it in might be more of a process. So, so I, if, if I really have to break in a shirt, I'll spray it every set. And um, I'll just take my time working down on boards, um, being able to touch what I can. And then the thing for me I've been doing, if I have a shirt I need to break in, I'll, do, I'll start my session with a set of triples. A really light warm-up weight. It's probably not going to come down real far. But each rep, I'm trying to take it lower and lower and pull it into position. Um, and I'll do that once or twice at the start of the workout. And I'll finish the workout really light set, just trying to pull through again, too, uh, after board work and whatnot. So probably just going to have to have a more extensive break-in process uh, and just be patient. Don't, the best advice I can give to anyone working in equipment is don't sacrifice position for depth and or touching in the shirt. All right, The touch will come. But don't sacrifice position in terms of trying to dump it to your belly to touch or, you know, in a squat suit for depth, trying to kind of tuck and get that final bit. Um, never want to sacrifice your position because holding your position within the suit, that's what's adding the compression there. Um, that's where you get the benefit of the suit. As soon as you let that go, um, only bad things are going to happen. Okay. Sweet. Thanks, brother. I really appreciate it. I uh, think he's only got me going to a three board tonight. Yeah, so, I mean, that would be my same advice. Just stay with the high boards. Um, and good luck. You know, fortunate to uh, be able to train it this time. Uh, I know I'm certainly uh, really happy I have my home gym. And uh, I know everyone with a home gym out there is super excited to uh, to be able to train still. We got uh, Proop. Prutledge313 on Instagram. Love the vids. Keep it going. I appreciate that, my friend. Uh, certainly will. No plans to stop. All right. That's that's what uh, Akash on YouTube. That's what i um, been doing from past 12 weeks. No shaving. All right. Stay strong. You all love from India. I uh, appreciate that, my friend. I hope India is doing well. Uh, I actually coached some lifters out from India. And, um, you know, hope they're all doing well now is uh, too. You guys had some crazy gyms. I know um, the lifter that I was coaching, um, he was Body by Bacon on Instagram. Uh, now Body by Benchin, which I think is a cool correction. Uh, I remember his video was crazy gym. Lights going everywhere. Um, you know, it was cool. They had trainers just stationed everywhere. Uh, it just it felt different than what we kind of have for our, from our uh, gyms out here. Prutledge, I'm Pat, by the way. What's up, Pat? You'll start seeing me in your comments more and more. Hey, that's fine with me, my friend. Uh, Bench Talk, every Tuesday, guys, I'm doing this, um, where we just kind of shoot the shit and do questions. I still have plenty of questions to go through from our Instagram the other day. Uh, the next one, at the Hybrid Hillbilly. Uh, that will be Matt Huey out in Texas. Uh, he's part of our VIP membership, and you should see some of the... The stuff he's putting together in his gym right now, it's awesome. Uh, got the, the wood stand posts, doing squats and bench out of that. Um, just making do. Everyone making do. Uh, what muscles are often overlooked when training for a big bench? And uh, I would start that off by saying probably anything posterior chain, which would be the back, rear delts. 
Uh, Matt's a PT, so he knows the muscles just as good as I do. Um, you know, all that doesn't get enough love. I see that uh, to be a huge weak point in a lot of people's training programs. Um, not enough back work, not enough uh, rear delt work. That was something that helped me gain uh, 90 pounds on my bench this past summer, going from last April to September. I truly believe building up that upper back strength uh, helped me stabilize weight so much more efficiently. Um, shoulder stabilization. That's something that I'm working on now. You know, I hold a, a arms extended push up plank there, and um, you know I'm shaking, doing my uh, Ramwad stuff upstairs, you know, yoga based workout. I mean, some of those poses I'm shaking. You know, you you'd be surprised how difficult it is just to kind of hold your arm overhead for an extended amount of time with some weight. Uh, can be very very difficult. So shoulder stabilization and uh, upper back strength and I think I was mentioning on the Instagram a lot of the reason why lifters neglect that too is they don't realize the payoff it has for their bench because they're not utilizing their bench or their back correctly so the problem is you can build your back super strong but if you don't know how to utilize it right you're not going to get the benefit so that's kind of the problem there all right um, so I'd say definitely that would be the most overlooked um, thing that I see, back strength. Elk Pomp, best part of my day during my work at home quarantine. Nice to see a familiar face, Benny. Craft beer soon. You know what, my friend? Uh, I got the Sierra Nevada sampler pack right now in the fridge. Uh, stocked up a little bit on Stone Cold's beer there. Um, he actually broke some brews out when he came on Raw last uh, last Monday. It was 316 day. He was out on Raw. Really weird watching wrestling right now because they're without crowds. I think if anyone watches AEW, I think they're doing a really good job with it. Uh, WWE, I guess, doing the best they can. Everyone kind of making do, but uh, wrestling so reliant on the fans. And just seeing Stone Cold come out there without anybody around. Um, trying to make the, the best segment possible. It was really weird to watch, but I think it went well. Um, it was a little weird at times, but uh, I think it went well. Still had a beer bash at the end. He gave some stunners and raised hell. And, um, you know, that's, uh, that's Stone Cold. It was a still a good time. But, yeah, I stocked up on my craft beer as well. Um, so, all right, let's move on to, let's see if we got any on the YouTube. Uh, Frank got a question for us. What's the best way to get my bench numbers up? I'm at a max of 305 for one. What That was about three months ago. haven't went too heavy lately. Um, so that's a tough question to ask or to um, – that's a tough question to answer. Um, I know that's everyone's question, right? I have one from Steve Carbinus from Instagram the other day. What's the best way to improve my bench max? Uh, there's a lot of ways to do that, so it's it's very difficult to say. Uh, what is the best exercise to hit all muscles involved? Well, to answer that, it would be the bench press. Uh, if you want to bring up your bench press, you got a bench press. I mean, that's hitting all muscles involved. Um, so I'd say the best way to bring up your bench is to do more benching. You know, to kind of take a look at are you doing enough on the bench? Are you giving yourself enough volume? Are you doing enough intensity? And what I've been finding lately with our lifters is um, even in the off season, I've been putting in more uh, a higher intensity training. Um, kind of backlogging it so it would be like volume um, you know some board work so they get some higher intensity stuff and then doing comp bench um, at a little bit higher intensities because you don't want to lose that ability uh, to bench with those high intensity weights 
you know, we're not going for maxes, but we're working up there sub-maxually and, um, you know, while getting volume in and whatnot. So I've been liking that approach. Uh, I don't do a ton of speed work for our lifters benching. Uh, squat and deadlift, different story, but not as much with benching. I think lifters will favor more from just getting some more volume in uh, for the most part. But, um, yeah, keeping more high-intensity moves in there and just doing more on the bench. You know, if you do three sets of bench and then accessories, I just I don't think that's enough sometimes. Are you doing two bench days? You know, because uh, the bench, you could stimulate a lot more. So that would be my answer to that in the best way possible because um, there's so many different programs out there and none of them are better or worse. And, you know, for my athletes, when they work with me, I don't have a set routine. Uh, I'm not like, you know, Sweet Burns has Fit Set or, um, you know, Wendler's 531. I don't have a set thing for everyone. I truly do, and it takes a lot of time sometimes to uh, I sit down and really uh, analyze the past training cycles, and then I, I really write down everything. Because in Train Heroic, i got to log everything anyway. So uh, I have that opportunity to really sit down and think, what does this person need? And we approach things uh, different ways based off what's happening. So uh, you know, I really try to take the most individual approach possible with that. All right, um, I want to jump into a question from Instagram the other day. Five Kovic Philippe at Five Kovic Philippe um, nutrition during contest prep. So this, my answer to this would be try to maintain and or eat above maintenance calories going into a meet. Uh, it's not really a time you want to be trying to cut. If you are cutting weight, I would encourage you to do it earlier in the training cycle, and then get to maintenance and or above and eat up into the meat. If you have to water cut for the meat, that's a different story. Um, you know, through this, uh, I would say don't cut in terms of trying to lose fat. Uh, if you're cutting water, that's a different story. That's a whole different process. We're not necessarily losing fat, um, but try to eat as much as possible going to meat. This is a time when you're going to be training with high intensities. You're going to need the recovery. You know, anything to aid in recovery during that time because you're going to be beat up, uh, get more rest. So nutrition plays a big role in that. Um, being able to recover yourself for the next heavy session, okay? At in uh, Ulrich Ulrich Brothin, I hope I'm saying that right. Um, what's up, my friend? Is he joining us live? He had his question the other day. Uh, I had a few questions that I wanted to address. So, how do I know I am hitting the correct spot on my chest? I said I would get to that today, and uh, knowing you hitting. So, I'm always about bottom alignment. All right, wrists stacked over your elbows, elbows about 45 from the body for starters. Obviously, different grips factor in. If you go wider, you're going to have a higher touch point. If you're closer, usually you're going to have a lower touch point. If you're sure to bench, you're going to have the lowest touch point, almost towards your belly. Okay, so obviously you want to try to have as much bottom alignment as possible. So elbows stacked over the wrist. So if you have a wider grip, obviously uh, elbows have to follow out a little bit wider. So when you get down in that bottom position, all right, wherever you are, uh, you should still be stacked. And the other thing you want to think about, you know, just talking, having a standard grip, you, you're in a powerful row position. So where, if you had to row the most weight possible, where would you end up? You know, usually it's in that 45 degrees from the body with the elbow, wrist stacked over the elbow. All right, that's usually, and that's, if you're down there with the bar, that's going to determine your, your touch point. The other thing you you asked me was having errors on the descent of a heavy bench. I'm assuming that means uh, varying bar paths and all that. What I'm encouraged you to do, you got to set that back activation early. And you can't chase the bar to shoulders. So on that takeout, patience, 
Don't chase the bar. Drive your shoulder blades back into the bench. Drag out. Pull your shoulder blades down towards your hips. All right. And then when you have the weight there, don't be in a rush to move it. Just sit there all day with it, right? We can, we can sit there all day if we're stabilizing, right? Let that weight sink your shoulders into the pad, right? You're pretty much trying to set a pull to the bar without breaking your elbow. So lock your arms up, pull your shoulders into the pad, all right? And that's going to really lock you into your back. And from there, since you're already kind of initiating as a row, you can just pull it right down to that position you want to be. Having good control with your back early is a key to loading right to that spot you want to be. All right, so that'll help out a ton. Uh, Ulrich also says, I'm a Norwegian junior champ at 83 IPF, uh, 83 kilos, I imagine, IPF bench press, and I feel way more comfortable over nipples. Um, hey, that, that's fine too, my friend, especially if you're a wide grip bencher. You're probably going to end up around that nipple line, yeah. Um, like I said, a little bit higher touch point. All right, and if you got saggy old ones like me, right, <laughs> they're going to be a little lower. <laughs> uh, can that be because I'm skinny? Um, no, I don't think that has nothing to do with it. Uh, probably your just grips wide, and that's just where you align well. Um, just make sure that you have good back activation. That's a real important thing. But, I mean, if you watch a lifter like Jen Thompson, she uh, she benches pretty wide and up high, but uh, you can't argue with her back activation, you know. So a little bit different for everyone. Uh, Fadisaman07, what? about the breathing while doing the heavy bench is there a specific technique yeah hold your breath the whole time uh no kidding on that one you want to breathe before you get the weight so before your weight loaded with the weight breathe down deep right lock that in brace and then bring that that bar out get the hand off you're holding your breath the whole time there's no breathing out as you're coming up there's no breathing in as the bar is coming out locked in and you can build that up. So if it's difficult for you, um, you know, right now to hold your breath that long, you could build that up. You know, I remember first starting off in a shirt for me because it's such a prolonged bench press. That was really difficult for me to do is hold my breath that whole time. But I built it up. You know, there's no worries there. All right. Um, Ulrich, is there a chance I could send you a DM on my bench for you to see? Uh, absolutely, my friend. You can send me a DM. And then also anyone watching wants to get involved in our VIP membership, uh, you can send me regular videos in that case, and I'll, I'll give you the best technique feedback I can. Uh, obviously, our full coaching program, if you really want to um, you know, attack the situation, uh, that's what I would recommend is get involved with our full coaching program. If you go to Instagram, there's a, a link to the application in there. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, there's a link down below in the description. But, um, yeah, just send me a, a message through there, too, if you're interested in joining our team. But, yeah, you can send me a, a picture of your bench just so I can see where you're touching. Um, NLK, BKev, that's Kevin Farrell. I don't know what the, the Instagram handle is, my friend. No coffee today, brother. You feeling okay? Um, yeah, I can't have coffee right now, Kevin, because I just popped a white magic fat burner, and that shit's gonna light you up way more than a coffee will. So I'm already kind of on my rocker, my friend. Plus, I've been on this, um, squat life wake up mother effer ammonia here. Let's get this again. Oh, yeah, Corona cough. So I'm already good, my friend. I don't need no coffee right now. All right. All right, let's get into it. We got a few more from Instagram the other day. Giant Killer Beast. JM and floor presses. How to program. All right, so he wants to get some JM presses and some some uh, 
four presses in there, okay? What I recommend, I like the JM press, especially with an SSB bar. If you unscrew the handles, if you can unscrew the handles of an SSB bar, um, that's great for doing a nice controlled SSB uh, skull crusher, okay? Um, so I love JM presses in that style. If you watched uh, recently on Elite FTS, they were doing JM presses with dumbbells. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, I haven't programmed much of that, but I'll probably start doing that. Um, that was a great variation, much more controlled. You can get a lot out of that. And, um, you know, I do this as secondary work. So JM press is never like a main movement for me. I still want to get my benching in. But secondary work, accessory work, uh, more so leaning to accessory work because it's still, it's still not really relative to the bench. Um, you know, like for example, close grip board work or even floor pressing mimics the bench motion a little bit more. Uh, so JM press I usually sneak in as accessories. Floor press I actually use, especially assertive lifters. I don't use as much with raw lifters. I sometimes do, but mostly with assertive lifters I use um, I use the floor press, and that's usually as like a second day main movement, um, or if not a secondary movement for our main bench day. All right. Rolling Thunder triceps versus JM press. Uh, so I think they they can both be used. I know the JM press is pretty much kind of like the um, you know standard lying uh, tricep extension. I like both of them. I think you could use both of them to attack the tries. And um, something I've been doing with my coach now, uh, he's been programming in um, like a, a weighted movement. So this goes for back triceps. We've been doing like a weighted movement. For example. I'll do those rolling dumbbell tricep extensions because they're weighted. I can get heavier with them. Um, I might do a jam press kind of thing or some skull crushers. But we always finish with a really high rep banded movement. And that goes for back training too. Um, well, not with bands, but I'll have like a heavy barbell row. And then I'll do like one arm dumbbell row for a lot of reps. Um, triceps we'll always finish with a really high rep banded movement and oftentimes I can't even get like 20 you know I'm so fatigued like we're really taking it to the total exhaustion so I've been really loving that um, something I've been using more with my athletes and if they're watching they probably realize I've been throwing that in the programming too um, just that exhaustion with the bands um, and if we hit back we're usually doing like that bigger main movement and then we're kind of dialing it back doing more high reps with a more isolative back movement I guess you could say uh, Renee Kraftazi. I'm sorry I said that wrong, my friend. Hello from Germany. What's up, my friend? I hope Germany's doing well. Best you can be doing. Um, so, yeah, guys, I think this is the last question I wanted to touch on. Do we have any more? All right, last chance for questions. Akash uh, Cool. He's talking to Manliness and Motivation. On YouTube, Ob Matt, what are your thoughts on using push-ups? Would they be something that can be done every day? Yeah, push-ups uh, because they're not a huge stimulus, especially for someone with a huge bench, right? I mean, if you're benching 500 pounds, you know, push-ups shouldn't be much for you. Okay, so it's not enough stimulus. That's like you could do dumbbell press every day with light dumbbells. You could do push-ups every day. You know, I actually encourage you to do push-ups every day. I don't think that would be too fatiguing for you. Um, you know, obviously the shoulder stability thing plays a role. You know, you're starting to shake. You know, if I'm doing a 
push-up plank and I'm starting to shake, obviously I need to recover from that a little bit. But for most people, I don't think push-ups are a big enough stimulus that, you know, it's going to burn you out per se. Uh, I'd probably stop doing that if you're getting really close to a contest. But, um, yeah, I would definitely encourage push-ups every day. Should you lift when sore or skip that day? So soreness doesn't really play into... Um, so soreness is uh, it's something that you can work through. You know, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to stop lifting. In fact, if you start lifting when you're sore, you're usually a soreness goes away. So I wouldn't use soreness um, to determine when you lift again. Obviously, a big squat workout, you're probably out of commission for two days. And usually that two to three day mark is what I'd um, wait before you go and like train deadlifts or something. Um, usually you can kind of bench after squat, but something that we do... I don't have my lifters typically bench after squats. Most of my lifters, um, not all, most of them, I start them off with deadlift in a week. Usually we're starting deadlift first in a week. That's how I train. Because um, you know, being able to deadlift then bench is a lot more friendlier, I think, too, than being squatting and then benching. Because squats and bench don't play into each other well. The reason why, most lifters jamming themselves under a straight bar. A lot of stress on their elbows, their shoulder. All right, we don't want that. Um, because that's going to be really bad on bench day, uh, I'll tell you that. And um, also, exhausting your legs, now your leg drive is pretty shot for the bench. So deadlifts play a lot more friendlier into the bench, so we start the, the uh, week off with deadlifts most of the time. All right, Kevin's out. Be safe, stay healthy, my friend. Kevin Nagayan, as one of our lifters out in Washington, the state of Washington, Hope you're doing well, my friend. He has a home gym set up. That's awesome to have right now. Uh, I know over there they're getting kind of hit hard with the whole virus thing. So I hope you're staying healthy, my friend. Um, when would SSB squats be better than regular high or low bar? Um, so SSB squats. So you got to think specificity here. If you're getting closer to a meet, uh, unless – so – if I had someone squatting with an SSB close to me, it's because of two things. Either it's really attacking a weak point or it's um, keeping your shoulders healthy from getting under a straight bar. Okay, Those are the exact reasons I would use too, um, like prepping for a meet because a straight bar beats up my shoulders for one. Um, and then I think SSB for anyone who tends to get rounded. So like um, Brandon Densmore, our lifter, he just competed at the Arnold and he did awesome on the squat. Um, you know, we were hoping a little more on the deadlift, but it was, it was a good meet overall. And um, we learned a lot and did some good things. He had a 30-pound uh, squat PR. You know, he crushed on the squat because he would normally hold position really well with a straight bar. I mean, when he failed, it wasn't that he got rounded forward. So I wanted to challenge it a lot more because he had some difficulties with the SSB bar. And uh, we did a lot more good mornings. We did a lot of SSB bar work. And it helped him tremendously um, because it addressed the weak point. And also, it's great to use uh, closer to the meat if it affects your shoulder. Um, so I certainly use it close to the meat because then it doesn't beat up my shoulder. But again, going back, specificity, usually better as coming off of a meat, you know, work those variation bars in. And then as you get closer to the meat, um, you know, you start going to what you're going to do. So it, you would kind of progress like SSB, high bar, low bar. Um, but it really depends on what you're trying to attack with the individual too. So... Um, that's a little bit tough to say without knowing who in specific we're talking about. 
Big Chris 2. Hello, broski. What weight are you lifting overhead? Um, not much, my friend. That's a big weak point for me. Uh, I think my best was 245 for, for three or something like that. Um, manliest motivation. Having trouble touching with a super katana. Any tips? Uh, again, don't sacrifice position. Just a touch. Uh, work down on boards. Squirt the shirt. Every set, spray the shirt. Collar. All the chest plate in here. Back of the tries. Um, do a lot of reps. Just not even worrying about touching. Just pulling down as far as you can without losing positioning. Work down on boards with heavy weight. And that's how I'd go about breaking something in. All right. That's uh, questions on YouTube. We got here. How, uh, at the end, the banded tricep, what do you prefer? How many sets and reps? Uh, so if I'm going to kind of go to exhaustion with bands, usually it's going to be like three sets. Um, usually it's what all the triceps were. And uh, it's like 20 reps, but I'm probably not going to get 20. I'm going to be exhausted. Papio Sochulo, as a geared bencher, how often should you train raw, if at all? And how often do you recommend training in your bench shirt? So as a uh, equipped lifter, I'm going to be training raw probably predominantly most of the off season, And then as the meat comes closer i'm going to be doing more work in like my titan ram products slingshots if you have them and um shirt of course so a raw speed work that's usually the rotation when you're getting closer to the meet about 12 8 weeks out or so um so we don't do ton of raw work the raw work would be in the secondary which is all all pretty much raw that would be your floor pressing all that um i like to keep some raw work in there obviously um, and by raw work, I'm really talking about a raw full motion bench, which isn't in there a ton. Um, there's a lot of secondary work that's all raw though. And, you know, of course, accessories. So, uh, always building that up. Not, uh, Fadisiman07, not being able to bench because of the situation right now. How do you, how do we maintain the level we reached weight PR and all that? So my friend, I, uh, message me cause I have, uh, at home powerlifting workouts right now that I can send you. And they're all training on the things that are important to develop during this time. So that we do go back to a barbell, we're in the best position possible to kind of gain that strength back. Um, and that is shoulder stability, you know, hip core strength, all that. So message me, I'll send that to you. Okay. Uh, and then also, you got to keep in mind, a lot of what you're going to lose when you transfer back after this thing's all over, uh, depending how long it goes, neural adaptations. All right. Because it actually takes a long time to lose muscle mass if you don't do anything. That's like if you just stop. Or it takes a long time to actually lose muscle mass. Uh, it actually takes a long time to, um, to to lose that strength as well. You know, strength's a product of having that muscle and being able to use it. What you're losing is that ability to send those nerve impulses, the technique involved. Um, you know, all nervous system related. Okay, you're going to get that back quick. So it's not like you're you're wasting away. It's not like all your muscles are going away. All right, that actually takes about a 30-day period. That's if you do nothing, then you start to see that decline. You know, considering you're actually eating, you know, in the, in the position where maybe you're very ill or something, you're not eating. Of course, you're going to lose quicker. But you know, if you're eating and you're doing nothing, you know, that 30-day mark is probably around where you'd actually see some muscle loss. But I'm not nervous that it would be happening to any of us tonight. I think this thing will be over sooner than later. So, um, anyways, guys, I'm going to wrap up bench talk. I appreciate everyone joining in today. Hope everyone liked this version of the podcast where we just kind of answer questions and shoot the shit. I had a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of fun interacting with all you, seeing how you're all doing. 
Again, we have at-home powerlifting programs. Just shoot me a message. I'll be happy to send that to you. Also, considering at this time, join our VIP membership if you can. You know, it's less than $10 a month, and I'm actually opening up the month of April. is going to be uh, totally free for everyone who wants to try our arms challenge. We're actually, I haven't broke this news to the group yet, but I'm, I guess I'm doing it right now. Um, our arms challenge is coming back for the VIP membership. That's where we're actually going to measure our arm size. Uh, I'm going to put out a program, things we can do at home. We're going to train arms every day for the month of April. At the end of April, we're going to measure our arms again. The crazy thing was last year, we did this same challenge, okay? And, um, you know, we've had lifters, Sarah gained uh, an inch and a third on her arm. Uh, I gained a half an inch, which is pretty nuts because I never gained any inches on my arms. Uh, I gained a half an inch. Uh, our lifters were gaining like half an inches on their arms, in, uh, and that's an average, okay? Um, unbelievable. You know, and that we did weighted stuff, but this one's going to be a little bit different. I'm going to try to spice up the volume a little bit with some stuff we can do at home uh, with bands or, or whatever. Uh, but I'm really excited to bring that back. That arms challenge, if you want to join us for the month of April, um, you know, I'll, I'll get you into that. Uh, they'll be in our VIP group. Okay, I'm going to open it up. Month of April going to be free. We're going to do this arm challenge. Something fun to do while, uh, you know, this whole lockdown situation is going on. But uh, I'm really excited about it. Last time we did it. Great results. Um, I can't wait to pump up these pythons, right? So I'm going to have that. It can come with a program and everything, so I'm excited to uh, get that going. So hope you all can join us for that. All right, guys, that's the end of Bench Talk. I appreciate everyone who tuned in. Um, and, yeah, uh, now i got to figure out how to close out all this stuff. I just First time going live on YouTube, so that's pretty cool. All right, anyways, I appreciate everyone joining in. Um, this will also be available um, through our BenchCast podcast. If you haven't listened to any episodes, um, you know this will all be on there as well. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in, and I will talk to you all soon. Stay healthy. Stay strong.